guys, welcome to Movie Mavens, a podcast where we watch and review two movies that are related in some way. We call it a spicy double feature. The films can be related through director, actor, plot, setting, or even title. I'm one of your hosts, Annie Janes. And I'm Carson Green. This week's spicy double feature is The Last Duel and Rashomon. Both of these films are told from multiple perspectives about sexual assault and result in a duel. Trigger warning, this episode will discuss said sexual assault. But before we get into our review, Annie, tell me, what have you been watching this week? You know, this is kind of perfect timing because I watched a show that uses the Rashomon effect. Get out. I'm not lying. So the Rashomon effect, for those that don't know, because we're going to talk about it this whole episode, is where you just show one story multiple times through different characters' perspectives. The show that I watched is called After Party, and it's streaming on Apple TV+, and it's made by Philip Lord and Christian, or Christopher, Philip Lord and Miller, the Lord and Miller duo, who made the Into the Spider-Verse animation, which is like my favorite superhero film of all time. They made like 21 Jump Street back in the day. They're funny dudes, and this show has a stellar cast. Who's in it? It has, it has I don't know, I forget the actor's name, but it's Richard Splett from Veep. He's like the main character. Oh, I love him. Yes, he's so funny. And he's also in like, I Think You Should Leave, and he's in that show, The Detroiters. It has Alana Glazer from Broad City. It has freaking Elliot from Search Party. I forget his name, John Early. John Early is his name. It has Tiffany Haddish. It has uh, Dave Franco. (laughs) I could go on. Stacked. It's super fun. And the premise is, and this isn't spoiling anything because it happens in like the opening shot. Everyone gets together for their high school reunion. Then there's an after party at Dave Franco's house because he is now like a Justin Bieber type celebrity. And he gets murdered, and then the detectives come in and lock everybody in and and interviews everyone to figure out the murder before the next day when, like, a better detective comes. This sounds so much fun. And everyone's perspective is not only different, but it's shot like a different kind of movie. Cool! Yeah, so the first girls is like an art house indie film, and then the next person is like... Uh, Fast and Furious type <laughs> film. One is a musical. So it is so much fun. Oh, and um, John Ralphio's in it. I forget his name. Uh, ben, ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartzman. Ben Schwartz. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I cannot recommend it enough. I've only seen the first three episodes. That's all, all there are right now. That sounds like so much fun. I want to watch this show. I, re- I like this effect, the Rashomon. It's funny because every time I've seen it, like this past week three times now i'm like oh my god they're just playing with my expectations but i said that about rashomon so that it's just like it's built into the the device that your expectations are going to be messed with and it's fun yeah Ooh, i like that what's it called again it's called after party and it's streaming on apple tv plus i think i saw a billboard for it the other day i've been seeing a lot of ads lately because it like just dropped i'm gonna watch it Cool. Thank you. Thanks for the wreck. Tell me, what have you been watching? Okay. I have been watching, along with everyone else that I follow on Twitter, I've been watching season two of Euphoria. 
I haven't seen any of it. Actually, well, I've seen like the first two episodes of season one. And it went down like that one tweet where the woman was like, y'all make me want to be a social worker. Like, that's how I feel. (laughs) I feel so sad. And if they were just in college, I could really stomach it a lot better. But I feel so sad watching it. Yeah, I'm starting to get there. It was, uh, I feel like season one was really good. Season one was sort of like a gut punch. Mm -hmm. It was really beautifully acted. It was really beautifully shot. Like, I liked the way that the story flowed. Season two is an absolute jumbled mess. (gasps) What? How so? Season one gave us, it left us with like a lot of storylines that were perfectly set up to be carried on into season two. I don't like where that's going already. And then it's like, yes, give us nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. You're just like, wait, I still have questions about last season. They're like, don't worry about those because we couldn't figure out how to write those in. It's not like it has a different vibe. Like, it's still written in a lot of the same ways. It's still shot in, in a lot of the same ways. But it's just like... What happened? Like, there's a total disconnect between the two seasons. And I'm not... We're halfway through the season. I don't know if it's going to pick up. This week's episode almost completely lost me. I almost turned it off. Honestly. How far into the season is it? It's halfway. We're four episodes and there are eight episode seasons. Do you think that, like, at the end, we're going to learn, like, what happened in between and it's going to be some big reveal? I don't think so. And if it did, Mm. I wouldn't like that. (laughs) yeah okay i have i've seen people on twitter like discuss it but i never read it because i don't know Mm. what's happening Mm -hmm. so i truly don't know if it like i haven't heard whether it's actually good or not this season aside from what you just told me um i mean it's worth a watch because it's kind of like a cultural phenom right now and like i said it is really beautifully done zendaya yes we love her we stand i think it's worth watching if nothing more than just to yeah be part of the conversation i always feel fomo about media i don't know about you (laughs) i really do yeah like i didn't watch this week's episode on sunday i watched it i actually didn't watch it until yesterday and i was like "Ah, i can't read any tweets i'll go one day but i have so much on my list so i'll go i'll run through my watch list real quick okay i'm ready Yellow Jackets, which everyone was fucking talking about weeks ago, just started it. Oh my god, Annie, somebody recommended to me that we do that show and Lord of the Flies as a double feature. Well, I'm definitely down. I see the resemblance, but actually Gus called out another one, which was I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, I am so into this. Yeah, okay. Sorry, go on. (laughs) So... Yellow Jackets, um, Station Eleven, I'm hearing amazing things of on HBO. Mm. And I feel like every good movie of 2021 came out in December slash January of this year. So I feel so behind. Somebody recommended to me the other day Belfast. I had never even heard of that. It's got Jamie Dornan and Judy Dench. And it's all in black and white, I believe. Yes. Uh- there's a lot on our watch list, but we did catch up on one recent movie that I thought recently came out, but I guess it came out in October, and that's The Last Duel. 
A most unspeakable charge has been brought against you. Shark Legree entered our home. He attacked me. The accusation is false. I am telling the truth. The truth does not matter. There is only the power of men. This should be settled quietly. I'm innocent! I request a duel to the death. If you lose, your wife will suffer dire consequences. One of us has lied. Let us let God decide. Uh, let's talk about it. Annie, would you hit me with some facts? Yes. So this came out October 15th, 2021, but it just recently dropped on HBO Max, hence us seeing it. It was directed by Ridley Scott. It was written by Nicole Holofcener. Holofcener? Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Yes, they wrote this. It's starring Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, and Jodie Comer. The description from IMDb is, King Charles VI declares that knight Jean de Courage settle his dispute with his squire by challenging him to a duel. We're going to need to give a better description than that. That is just one of the many flaws of the marketing of this film. Uh, let me just, let's talk about that really fast. Okay, so... It first of all, Annie and I both noticed that this movie was not marketed in like at all whatsoever. I saw some like guerrilla marketing, like some posters around town one time, and that was it. And that's uncommon for you in LA. They're gonna that's everywhere. Yeah, right. That was all I saw. And then I think I saw one trailer. But, like, I was not being fed anything about it online. Like, I wasn't even seeing it as an ad on YouTube. Like, nothing. No press. I felt, I don't think they did any press tours. Like, there was no, like, no. Ben Affleck answers 21 questions. Right. And it was, like, they had such a good opportunity because it was the Matt Damon-Ben Affleck reunion. Exactly. And, like, the poster is so well-designed. I love the poster. Oh, my God, for real. That could have gotten the entire A24 crowd out of their house to see this film. Yeah. Uh, I saw the trailer, but I saw the trailer in theaters every time I went during the pandemic, which wasn't many, but because, like, it played the same trailer, and they didn't ever make a new trailer, I don't think. By the end, I was like, God, I don't want to see this film because I've seen the trailer too many times. <laughs> Just in the theater, though, never anywhere else. So I thought it was a fake movie. <laughs> then I'm like, really, Scott, how did you make two films, House of Gucci and The Last Duel, in like the same timeline? Right. The House of Gucci went overboard on press. Lady Gaga would not shut the fuck up for like an entire two months. Yes. Like, I still feel like I'm getting ads for that film. <laughs> so I don't know if maybe like he accidentally put all the marketing money in the one film and then then he cries about how this film bombed. He goes to the press and he says that millennials uh, failed this movie because they have ruined the theatrical experience they have ruined yeah. going to the theater it's like no sir actually the global pandemic did and you did not market this movie to me or else i would have watched it right i mean the theaters are for sure in decline but it's like adapt overcome figure it out right anyway the <laughs> this film flopped in the theater but was it actually bad it has an 85 percent on rotten tomatoes even my Film review podcast that I love didn't seem to review it. Like, and I think it's because nobody could go to the theater to go see it, really. 
But now it's on HBO Max. I feel like a lot of people are going to watch it now. Did it deserve the bomb, Carson? Aside from the marketing, was this, did you like this movie? Yeah, I really liked it. I had a great time watching this movie. I, first of all, I didn't know that this storytelling device was called the Rashomon. Like, I had no idea what the history was. But as soon as it happened in the movie, I was like, Oh my God, slay me. I was enchanted. I could not look away. I was having, I had so much fun watching this movie. Okay, this movie is the first one to elicit such a strong emotion in me in so long. It was during the duel, during the actual duel, I felt so much anxiety, Annie. I was pacing. (laughs) Dude, okay. So, Okay. Let's explain this Rashomon. Yes. Which I, okay. I did at the beginning, but in this film, it's in, it's divided into three parts. And if you don't want to know spoilers, step away, go watch the go watch this baddie. But it's all in the details. I think it'd still be fun, honestly. The first part is about Matt Damon and his perspective, what he does. He has this relationship with a fellow squire, they're like buddies, but they're kind of butt heads. Matt Damon essentially ruins his life in like the first 10 minutes of the film. Like everything goes wrong for him. He seems like a loser. He seems perfectly cast. I've never seen Matt Damon so perfectly cast. Oh my God. And the mullet. Then he goes on a trip. He comes back home. His wife's crying and she's like, I have been raped. And he's like, well, we got to do something about this. So he wants to take it to court, but the court is, like, controlled by people that are more friends with the, his buddy than himself. And his buddy, Adam Driver's character, is the one who's accused of rape. And he says, okay, I will fight you in a duel and let God decide who's the truthful one. We end part one there. Part two, Adam Driver's perspective. Part three is the woman's perspective. And the the film makes like makes it extremely clear that this is the truth. This is the perspective that is accurate. Mm-hmm. And we see the same thing play out three times. Each one gets a little longer. We find out more information. So when you're watching Matt Damon's perspective, the first, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes of the film, did you know that what was happening wasn't actually the truth? Or were you were you buying in on that as the truth? And then you saw part two and you're like, oh, wait, this is going to be different. See, yeah, I had no idea. Sincerely, I had no idea what was coming for me. And I think that's a lot of the genius of the film is that like, it kind of snuck up on me. And I was like, Oh, my God, I'm hooked. Yeah, like, I would say like the first, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes, I was sort of, I wasn't 100% in on it. And then it grows, right? The story grows in like a really, in a really organic and I don't, just fun. Not, well, that's the wrong word to use. It's, it's entertaining to watch though. It gets, yes. your, it gets its hooks in you for sure. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Okay. And something else worth noting is that yes, Matt Damon is a huge loser, but he's also a fierce warrior and they make a point to tell us that. So, so like, Going into this duel, we have really high expectations for Matt Damon. We've seen him in battle. He's an insane person. Mm -hmm. 
What did you think about the story itself? So, first of all, Ridley Scott <laughs> is going to call this blatant ripoff of Rashomon an homage, I'm sure. Because <laughs> when, okay, when you watch Rashomon, we're like, wait, hold up. This is the same fucking movie. Yes. Except this is also based on a true story, right? It says that. Is it? It's, I think it said that at the beginning. The, okay, this is like 1500s France. 1300s. 1300s. Mm-hmm. I loved it, dude. Oh my God. I was like, I, it transport me back. I want to go. Me too. I, I could not stop Googling thir- things that were happening in the <laughs> 1300s. I was like, when's the plague? Oh shit, it's right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like soaking in the history. But okay, back to whether I like the plot or not. By the time we were like halfway through Adam Drivers, I was like, whoa. This is actually extremely simple, isn't it? But not in a bad way. There's five events. Like, Matt Damon goes, is at war at the beginning, fails with Adam Driver. Then he gets married. His land's stolen from him. He tries to fight it. Then he goes to another battle for money. Then he goes to get his money, comes back. Uh Uh-oh, his wife has been raped. Then there's like three more events after that than the duel. Very simple. And I was worried it was going to be confusing because of, you know, we're set in the 1300s. I don't really get this government. I don't really get this system. But no, it's very easy to follow. Yeah. And not only that, but like it moved so fast. Yes. Oh, my God. We love a quick paced movie. Yes. And this is like a two and a half hour movie. Uh Uh-uh. Perfect. It was perfect length, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Very rare for us on this. But... (laughs) And I knew that this was Rashomon, so I knew that what I was watching was not even the truth. And sometimes that can be really tedious, because you're like, just show me the truth, come on, like, don't don't fool me around with this. But no, I loved it. Uh, and everyone got longer, like, they knew, it just knew what it was doing. It was smartly done. With the pacing, for Adam Driver's part, so, like, we see the rape scene, very next scene is Ben Affleck, who's like, uh not the king but he's like the in charge of that area of france he's like the bigwig of that area he confronts him immediately he's like hey i heard that you raped this woman and then the next scene after that is he's in court for it i'm like oh whoa i thought we were gonna watch 10 scenes in between a and b and it's gonna lead up to court it's gonna be this whole thing but this movie's like "Uh uh-uh we're going we're moving yeah we got a duel to get to breakneck speed we want that scene to be 20 minutes so we gotta get there yes so the message like the all men are terrible message felt like when (laughs) felt like men just discovered this and then they're like oh my god we need to tell people about this (laughs) you know what i mean they're like we need to make a movie about this this is horrible and goes to show that this is a story from the 1300s yeah one of my one of my favorite details was uh when they're in court and they keep like uh press what is it questioning um mm-hmm. jody cromer's character this is like before the duel this is them deciding if they're going to allow the duel to happen yes and they keep questioning her. Well, and it, it alluded to this, I think, a couple of times. But it was mm-hmm. like, okay, so she f- ends up pregnant. 
And in court, they keep pressing her. They keep saying, you know, the only way to get pregnant is if you have an orgasm during sex. Does your husband make you orgasm? And just what we've been given, like that, we see some sex scenes and it's yes. just like very abundantly clear. No. Yes. Yes. Actually, there is even a moment where Matt Damon is like, I hope yours was as good as mine. And she was like, uh, yeah, I don't know that I felt it even. She says it. And then he's like, well, did you enjoy it? She's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, you felt it. <laughs> and what's so messed up about that whole like belief that they had i had no idea they believed that holy shit me either but that's so funny <laughs> well then it, it, think about how it treats the woman it's like well did you orgasm because that means if you enjoyed it then you orgasmed and then right. if you had a baby that means you enjoyed it so it wasn't a rape like whoa it's just you're trapped no matter what you say yeah um but you know what it made me sort of think of like how far we've come in terms of like understanding the human body like they just had literally no idea they had no idea women were objects like i'm surprised they even knew what that women could orgasm at that point (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean this movie does hinge on one big question which is the belief that adam driver is hot this film says that he is, and it uses that like as a story element because the main actress says that he's handsome, but she doesn't trust him. And but then they use that one quote that he's handsome against her, and it's this whole thing. I know that a lot of people don't think he's hot, but I think he is hot. What do you think? He has his moments. Yeah, but he's not like that's not the thing about him. Yeah, and at no point in this. Well, I don't know. Maybe there was a scene where he had his shirt off. I think he's just a, like, big and fit man. I love his hair. Yeah, he has good hair. And I love a strong nose. I don't know. I think he's attractive, but it's that thing where it's because he looks weird that I think that. Because <laughs> yeah, he looks like so no too. other man on earth. Yeah, right. Right. So when the movie's like, oh, the handsome guy, the handsome guy, I'd be like, him? you know (laughs) yeah but i will say that i feel like of the four of them i think that adam driver gave the weakest performance Ooh, the four including ben affleck yeah yeah i liked ben affleck's performance but the the number one the best performance though by a long shot it was matt damon he was incredible it was annoying how good he was yeah I was not watching Matt Damon. I was watching that character that he was portraying. And I feel like as careers evolve, as your acting career evolves, that gets so much rarer. And the mm-hmm. more you the more work you do, the more famous you become, and you're like you're just that actor. Like I think Leo is going through that where whenever I watch something with Leo, I'm like I'm watching Leo. Yeah. Instead of the character that he's portraying, but this movie, Matt Damon, no. Okay, Adam Driver being the worst. It's I think it was his accent because mm. I it did not work for me, and the, to the point where I was like, "Whoa, Ben Affleck's accent is better than Adam Driver's accent," and Ben Affleck is doing a better job acting, even though he looks fucking ridiculous with his hair <laughs> bleached and a goatee on his chin. Uh, but Matt Damon, no, you're right. I think he was to stand out, and I had it out for him because of the recent news about him. A few like 
months ago. It was like a slight canceling, not really, where he was like, my daughter just told me that you can't use the F word to refer to homosexuals anymore. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. He's just saying like that. He's le- His kids teach him so much, and that was his example. Something he just learned. Wow, bro, open your eyes. I know. So that, I mean, that happened like a couple months ago and the internet just like made fun of him for a while. Oh, and then freaking like when Matt Damon finds out that he raped his wife, his first thing out of Matt Damon's mouth, this is when he gets really evil, he's like, is that Adam Driver has like ruined his life. (laughs) He's like, he won't stop ruining my life. Even, okay, Matt Damon's mom went to her and was like, yeah, I was raped too. And I just didn't say anything because I know how to be a good wife. It's like, bitch, oh my God, I could have backhanded her. I was so upset. But then it was so sad. Oh, this was so sad. When we cut to like a a little bit later in in the timeline, right before the duel. And Jodie Comer has her baby and she's like, I regret this because now this baby like could grow up without parents. And I was like, that is so tragic. And it's not tragic because she spoke up. It's tragic because like for some reason... Her fate is tied into this duel, just like Matt Damon's is. Because if he were to lose, then that they believe that that's God saying that she lied, and then she would have her death would be like chained and burned, basically. Burn at the stake, yeah. The duel. We got to talk about the duel. Oh my God! Okay, what was it? What was it about that entire thing? That I had so much anxiety. I was so wrapped up in this. Was I was it the, too. Was it like, was there music? Was it the pacing? Was it the way that it was like cut together? What was it? Why was I feeling this way? Or was it just the story? I don't know. Like, I don't think it's one thing, which is frustrating because I want it to, I want to be able to point to something and be like, that's why. But honestly, it just was well done. I think that's it. Point blank statement. Because I was equally so anxious. It was the best scene of the whole film. And I was expecting just a single horse joust because they teased it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's also that we just really want her to live. The stakes are there. Yeah. I also wanted to see Matt Damon get some some revenge. Oh, God, the moment where, like, he has Adam Driver, like, okay, I'm going to kill you, or you can, you can, um... Confess! Confess. Uh-huh. And Adam Driver sticks to his guns and just lies, and he lies very convincingly. Mm-hmm. I was so afraid at that moment. I was like, wait, is he going to believe him? But then he said, then, what did he, he's like, then you shall be damned, or something like that. Yes. I was like, yeah! <gasps> yeah! yeah. Except I, I don't like Matt Damon either. He also, technically technically rapes his wife in my in my eyes Mm -hmm. because when he gets home he's like well he can't be the last one that had you and she's like okay but i'm really not in the mood and he's like nope get over here right now so at that point i've i hated matt damon as well yeah but i still wanted him to kick adam driver's ass and but the movie knows this because then at the end we get like what happens in their life title cards Uh uh-huh and we learn that Adam Driver, or that Matt Damon <laughs> died in the Crusades, like, two years later. <laughs> and, yeah, and that Jodie Comer's character just lived her best life running the estate. And we see during her, the third part, her story, that she 
is so good at it. it. It's suited for her. She doesn't need anyone. She's very savvy. She's smart. She's really good with people. She knows how to talk to people. Unlike Matt Damon's haggard ass. I'm ready to score it if you are. I'm ready. Okay. The last duel is an 8 out of 10 for me. Me too. Wow. Okay. Movie Maven's score for the last duel is an 8 out of 10. Let's talk about Rashomon. Annie, would you please hit me with some facts? Yes. Rashomon came out in 1950. Y'all, this is an old one. It is directed by Akira Kurosawa, acclaimed filmmaker. It has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, but obviously there was no Rotten Tomatoes in the 50s. Here's the description from IMDb. The rape of a bride and the murder of her samurai husband are recalled from the perspectives of a bandit, the bride, the samurai's ghost, and a woodcutter. Okay, so I had seen this before. But a long time ago, so I really didn't remember any of the details of, other than, like, that we would see it from different people's perspectives. Then I was thinking about film school, which I attended. We never watched Kurosawa. What the hell's with that? Wow, you should write a letter to that department. I know. Like, there's a huge gap in your education. Anyway, uh, what did you think of this after having seen The Last Duel? Okay, well, I had never seen this. I did not attend film school. Regrettably. God. <laughs> I wish I watched I wish I watched it before I watched The Last Duel because yeah. I hate to say this because it it feels very revered and like acclaimed. I didn't I mean, I didn't really care for it. It's it truly especially co- considering how much The Last Duel is so similar to Rashomon. It's like watching the lighter version of The Last Duel. And it's so old that it's like, it's very dated. And you got to get into a different mindset. You got to get into the mindset of like going to a museum. Obviously, I respect the film for what it's done and what it has been able to create. And, you know, it's the first of its kind. However... Just because it's the first does not mean that it is objectively the best. I still think it's a good movie, given the context of like when it came out. Yeah. And it just looks really cool. But you, you watch this movie for the credit of saying you watched it. You watch this movie. This, this is important if you are like interested in film to watch this. You know? Yeah. I uh, felt I had a couple of... Like, glaring issues with this film. Okay. First of all, I absolutely hated all of the sound effects. It felt like, it felt so cartoonish to me. It felt like I was watching, like, a Saturday morning cartoon. Wait, what sound effects? The music, I guess, the score. But it felt like, it just felt like a cartoon. (laughs) Like, it felt very childish. It was probably very theatrical. Yes, yeah, very theatrical. But like, given the given the subject matter, like it just it did not work for me. I found myself wishing that it was just silent in order to sort of like respect the subject matter. Like it was, it's a you know, it's very serious, right? We're watching 
a man be murdered and a woman be raped. Yeah. And here it comes like I don't know. I just I was getting really I was getting irritated. The for me the the thing that takes me out of it is the sheer amount of like laughing and pointing while you're laughing. I don't oh know what God. it there was so much of it. Multiple char- characters did it. I yeah, I just shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Like what is time. funny? Yeah, I get I I think they were trying to show that he was like mad, like out of his mind. But it just I don't know, the actor was like way too over the top, so dramatic. Yeah, it was a different time. The woman laughed too at one point, and for the same reason, I think they wanted her to just seem like crazy at that point. Even though I'd seen this before, and even though I knew that it was like the Rashomon effect, it still like threw my expectations for a little bit of a loop. Like when the woman is like being made out with against her will by the bandit, Mm -hmm. she is holding a dagger that she could like defend herself with, but she drops it and then like makes out with him intentionally. Mm-hmm. I thought, I'm like, okay, well, this is definitely the bandit's perspective. Wonder what this is going to look like from her perspective. But it was the same. That's actually what happened. And then I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So then we learned that like she actually hated her husband. All that was kind of interesting. I never knew where the story was going to go. I thought it was going to be very simple in that like bandit, bad, husband, good you know, they succeed and get away and it's all nice. But that's, it's way more complex than that for the 50s. Yeah. Okay, so having watched The Last Duel, mm-hmm. I was kind of waiting for this moment of this realization of like, oh, that's what the truth is. And I, that didn't really click for me. That didn't really happen for me until like the very, very end. But even then, I don't... I don't know. Yeah, there's no big reveal. I don't know. I feel the same. It wasn't as satisfying. Unfortunately, I yeah. wanted it to be. Like, I, I really did. Um, You know what I did? I, I did love, though. And I really appreciate this storytelling device. Okay, this really gave us two different devices, which I yeah, appreciate. Multiple framing devices. Right. Is I love a story in a story. I love that. Which was I thought was like pretty advanced. So yeah, we're we're learning what happened from like three dudes hiding under hiding from the rain, but they're recounting the court to decide what happened, which is also a retelling of the story. Mm-hmm. I liked that they got a medium, and that was like a valid witness. Oh my god, can we talk about it? <laughs> yeah, so they get a medium to tell the story of the dead husband, and they're like, "This is fact." <laughs> <laughs> that was sincerely so funny. <laughs> okay, but the my favorite like moment that made me gasp a little filmmaking moment was when the husband like commits suicide and then the medium falls over. That was a very good cut. I thought that was very cool. And it was silent. Maybe that's why it helped. I liked sort of the twist, I guess, of the husband actually being an asshole. Yeah. It was all right. It was all right. It, it was just like, you know, okay, so here's something that I really also like is when none of the characters are likable. And I didn't, like, I felt that way. I guess, I guess like the old guy telling the story, but even then it was like kind of bland. And the whole movie was just building up to him being, 
him finding out that he lied so that he could steal the amulet that was dropped, right? Yeah. That wasn't that great. It wasn't that great. No, it was kind of a rough ending. It was kind of abrupt. The baby was just like coming out of left field. I don't know. I think that's like, they're like, we got to, we got to use this metaphor to bring home some happy meanings. And I was laughing, thinking that the husband's like, oh, I can take the baby to make up for me stealing the amulet. We already have six kids at home. What's another one? And I'm like, you have been gone from your house for hours now, and you're about to show up with another baby, and your wife's probably like dying, taking care of all these kids. <laughs> and you're like, honey, guess what I found? Yeah, right. Oh, I appreciated the 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 uh, metaphor of the story. Um, it was very contemplative, you know, talking about um, like absolute truth. It gave us much to think about in terms of like what absolute truth means. You know, in a in a rough roundabout sort of way, it was very philosophical, which I liked. Yeah. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready to give it a score. Go on. I think uh, this is so hard because it's just like did a lot for history. But if I'm just talking about how much I enjoyed watching this movie, I'm going to give it a five out of ten. Damn, me too. Five out of ten. Wow. Movie Maven score for Rashomon, five out of ten. Movie Maven score for Last Duel, eight out of ten. If you would like a free Movie Maven sticker, you can send us a screenshot of your five-star review on Apple or Spotify. You can reach us at Movie Maven's on Instagram or at Movie Maven's Pod on Twitter, or you can write us an email. We will read it. Maybe we'll read it live. Who knows if it's a good enough email? Uh, shoot that over to Movie Maven's Podcast at gmail.com. And I think that's it. Movie Maven's out. Mm-hmm.